Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. I see Brevin smiling over there. Oh. <laughs> he was waiting for me to say Chasing Health podcast again. <laughs> I could tell. I, I really was. <laughs> I could see that I grin just hold- coming up on your was- face like you were waiting for it. I was even holding up the pen. It was like subliminal messaging. I was like, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. I'm hypnotizing him. I, I, I was intentionally thinking like I could see you smiling. I was thinking like, all right, say Coaches Roundtable. Coaches Roundtable. <laughs> I texted him last week. I was like, I'm keeping that in. That part's hilarious. And I did too. So <laughs> he's like, so did I. I was like, sick. People people love the way we're silly about this stuff. So um before we jump into it, I'm leaving tomorrow to fly down to see Chase for his meat. Yes. Let's hear some meat predictions. Oh man, I hate when you I'm do this. You the, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. I really don't know. I mean, you were, I mean, yesterday for context, Brevin and I met with my coach to kind of like game plan some numbers and such. And it's so hard because like, I feel like last time we predicted numbers and then I just blew them out of the water, um, which is a good thing. That's a good problem. To have. I would yeah, say it's, it's a really good thing, but it's just squats. I don't know. Like right now we're predicting like what I think like 437 is like the highest reach. Um, but I don't know. I, I almost wonder if I have more in me than that. Um it's going to be really hard to tell. I don't know. At least 435 would be amazing. That would be a 20-pound PR for me for squats. Uh, that would be huge. So, like, I would definitely take that in a heartbeat, which I think I can definitely do that. Um, it might be a grind, but it's all right. <laughs> I make everything look like a hard grind sometimes. That's very true. Um, bench, meh, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, hoping for, like, 237 would be – like, 231 technically would be a um, – P- a meat PR for me. I've hit that in the gym once, but um, 237 would be really nice. Um, heck, even if I can just like not have to Larson press this time. <laughs> last time I last time he cramped up. Yes, I got a nasty cramp in my hamstrings, so I could not use leg drive with my bench for all three of my attempts. It was so funny because the first attempt I went out on the platform, and <laughs> I got down the bench and I like started to arch my back and then I got this nasty cramp in my hamstring. So I'm like sitting there like shaking my leg out on the platform. Yeah, me and Angela, his coach look at each other like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I like I just like nasty cramp and I looked up at this I looked up at the guy that was um passing the bar off to me and I was like, how much time do I have? And he's like, you got like 20 seconds. I'm like, all right. So I'm like shaking my leg more, trying to get that cramp. It would not go. So I just had to like muscle it up, tried to work it out. I was able to work out enough to like it didn't kill me. But I could not Larson or excuse me, I had to Larson press basically without using leg drive for all my attempts. So Sorry, we're going to load you up so you don't cramp. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then deadlift. I don't know. Like, Bre- Brevin, what is I was trying to remember this the other day. I, I think 485 technically in like the gym is four reds. But isn't that 495 for four reds and on comp because the collars? Uh, no, it's actually like 500. Uh, because it? the the collars are are five kilos each, so they're eleven pounds. I thought they were only two and a half. I think they're five. They're super heavy. Okay. Well. <laughs> anyway, I would love to go four reds, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, but I'd be happy with you know four seventy five would be really nice. Um, I forget what we put for like the final attempt there. What was it, like four? That'd be dope. I think we put like four sixty some. I don't know. Yeah. Four sixty is my current um gym PR. So. I don't know. My biggest thing I told them yesterday is like, I just want to have a really nice squat. Like, that's like my biggest thing. I was like, I don't care if I just like drain myself for a bench and deadlift. I just want to get a nice squat. 
Oh, the deadlift's nice because you're always going to have the adrenaline of it being your last most so exciting. So give it, play. yeah, give it everything you can. Yeah. Leave it on the platform. Um, I uh, I have one secret statement that I can't share here that is the key to game day coaching. So just know when he's hitting these massive PRs, I told him this statement right before he headed out on the platform. I'll let your imagination run wild. It's what made that 402 so easy last time. <laughs> the, the best part was that then you had my coach saying it too. <laughs> Chris will tell you off air when we get off of here. (laughs) Just a friendly hype you up speech. Must be lyrics from a Um, BBM song. (laughs) (laughs) No. I just go into his ear and go. (laughs) It's like robot talk. I need need the Sullivan King scream. (laughs) If I could, I would. Um, I think I sound like uh, one of the squeaking duck toys. <laughs> <laughs> For context, Chris, you know um, Aerosmith, right? Yeah. All right. So this this dude like screams like okay. Steven Tyler. Um, <laughs> for a little context for what you'd understand. <laughs> he put it in. That was Chase putting it in normie talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for everyone else who doesn't know uh, uh, Sullivan King. But anyways, so those are my predictions. Really excited. I'm excited to see you tomorrow. I can't wait to pick up at the airport. So um, that'll be fun. But anyways, people are probably not here to listen to me talk about my meat. So (laughs) let's go ahead and dive into some questions. Um, Yeah, Chase just keeps talking. man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone else brought that conversation up. But (laughs) you know me, I'm trying to like not talk about that. But yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, Brevin, what's number one? What to do and when you get sick. And what to do when your kid gets sick. I love this. Chris, do you want to go ahead and take that one first? Big topic right now. And only with uh, school coming back into play. Um, I know my kid was like first week. He's like, oh, my throat. I'll say Papa Chris is the (laughs) perfect one to answer. Grandpa. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. That's our nickname for Chris. (laughs) Um. I'm I'll sorry. Called grandpa, I get called. I get called Papa Chris now. Like it's just you know part of it. Thirty nine. You're not even that old, no. are you? Yeah. Are Thank you really? You. I appreciate you for that. Thirty nine. <laughs> yes. Because he takes yes, his health exactly. and fitness serious. That's right. No, <laughs> um, no I have a, my son actually first week of school. He comes home. He's like, oh, my throat's starting to hurt, and I'm like, really already. Um, so, or he's already planning the excuses and not to go to school the next day. Yeah, <laughs> that's more like it, <laughs> right? Um, kid. But I think it's just important that you realize that you're sick. Your body is fighting off whatever it's fighting off, and that you really shouldn't be prioritizing. There's certain things that we probably need to be scaling back right now. Like weight loss might not have to be the focus. Maybe we just fo- I just tell my clients like let's just focus on water intake, rest, and recovery right now. Like you're not going out and you're going to go on any walks or anything like that. Um, you know, focus on protein intake. Like anytime you do ha- eat or if you do have an appetite, um, we should just try, try to prioritize protein, fruits and veggies. Um, but ultimately, you're sick. Let's just get through this season. What? It's going to last a week, three, four days. That's not going to define your week or your month or anything like that. Let's just get rid of the sickness. Get it out of your body move on from there. That's just, I, I don't know. I, I don't tell my yeah. clients to like be, uh, load up on some vitamins, load up on some, you know, your water, call it good. I was, I was going to say the water is the biggest thing that I really push within my clients are saying is like hydrate, rest, yeah. recovery. 
like no need to like go in the gym trying to hit some PR or something like that when you're sick. Like, and actually please stay out of the gym because no one else there wants your germs. Um, and you know, it's like, take care of yourself, like, and realize like, this is not the time to try to be doing everything the best. This is when, you know, we've talked about in the past. So finding your floor, like, just like go down and just like, just, and <laughs> I have some clients that are like, I can't eat. I'm not hungry. I'm nauseous. I'm like, all right, then like, maybe we just drink like regular Gatorade to have some liquid calories in it. You know, that Anna has electrolytes. Let's push, you know, if we're able to stomach a protein shake, you know, get some of that in. Like a lot of times liquid calories are easier when you're not feeling really well. Um, and, you know, like don't stress the numbers. Like I sometimes I'm like, I didn't hit my calories, I didn't hit my protein. I'm like, I don't care. Like, like I, right now, like I want you to do what's going to make your body feel the best. Rest, recovery, eat some quality foods the best you can, and you will get through this. And then we're going to focus on the bounce back more. Yeah, I think like you have to go into it knowing the situation's different, the expectations are different. You're, we're not expecting you to you, well, you did you get your ten thousand steps? Did you get your workout? <laughs> did you do all this stuff? Like you're sick. It's okay. Um, I want I do want to give an, another perspective as well. Like for some of my competitive powerlifters, like right now they're in prep. Um, if I if they're sick uh, in meat prep, like they have to get their workouts in and stuff like that. So my advice to them is if it's like body stuff and you're just drained and tired like don't go to the gym we'll figure it out we'll, we'll adjust your week if it's above your head you're just sniffly and stuff like that like you could probably push through and it'll be fine um but let your symptoms really like define where you're at and figure out how good you're feeling and and understand and listen to your body a little bit yeah you brought up a great um that was a great point that i meant to make as well was like anything above the head you can go to the gym usually work through it I'm not saying you have to, again, you don't have to do anything super strenuous, but you can usually work through if it's just a little head cold or if your sinuses are just congested and things like that. If it's below, if it's like in the chest and things like that, body aches, stay home. I will say that is my advice as well, but I am such a baby when I have a sinus cold or anything like that. <laughs> Sneezy yeah, over here. Out. Oh my God, dude. I get some of the you worst got, allergies. You got three guys on here that are like, man, I get a... Um, a sinus infection. I'm on the couch for a week. Like we're a bunch of babies when we're sick. <laughs> yeah. Like women are like, I'm yeah. their brains out and they're going to work and like taking care of their kids. And guys are just like such wimps. Yeah. I sneeze yeah. once and I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm done. Uh, but when your kids are sick, I think it's important. We kind of didn't touch on that. Um, you know, it, it goes back to like, what, what you, what do you have time for? Like how much do they need? Yep. Um, it's just expectations. Like, I like what Ch you know Chase said. Like maybe it is just dialing back those habits. Maybe you can only focus on your sleep um, and your recovery and your water intake at that point, and that that's going to be okay. Like I said, it's three or four days. It's not going to define your month. Just get right back on the horse afterwards. Yeah, I mean, even like control your controllables exactly. And I even have some clients in the past that are just like, I feel awful. I just can't even think straight, and like. I've even told him like, Hey, like if you, this whole week's just been a scratch kind of thing. Like you're just like trying to just get by, like send me a quick text for your check-in. Like we don't have to even do like a full check-in. Like, and I've done that with some clients even. And, and I'm, and to, like put this in terms for somebody who's not a client and such, like just realizing like, just stay consistent as much as you can with what you have. And just realize that like, do the best you can and focus on getting right back on track. Like don't let this carry forward for like months, right? Like, when you're, you know, maybe, all right, today I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe I just at least prep a little bit of food for the next week. I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe I'm going to go for a walk. I'm feeling a little bit better. Maybe I'm going to go to the gym and just hit, you know, three or four exercises just to like get my blood flowing again. Like start to work that in the moment you're able to. I think that's perfect advice. Awesome. 
Um, this next question I have, um, I, I am going to read it just because I feel like it's important to like give all the context that I got. And then um, this was someone who messaged me last night right before we recorded this. And I was like, hey, like this is a great question. And I want to talk about this on the show. And she said, that's really fine. Be helpful. So um, she said she was asking for like any type of resources and anything to help with like doing uh, getting through that all or nothing mindset. She said, I've talked with my coach about it a bit and would like would still kind of benefit from something. I've been inconsistent with my plan lately, mostly with the working out piece. I really don't know why I'm just not motivated lately. Um, have been wanting to rest after work. I'm not really excited about getting up and going. I still struggle sometimes with an all or nothing mentality regarding nutrition. I'm okay with it. And I understand screwing up one day and getting back on track tomorrow. But for some reason, fitness just doesn't click the same for me. I'm also at maintenance. So I need more than ever to follow my dang plan. Sometimes I can't shake the thoughts of I can't lose the maintenance, so I need to be okay with that. If I miss a workout or two lately, I've just been so mentally drained with jumping back in. I won't even make it a difference. I pay for coaching. And I feel awful constantly telling my coach I didn't do her workouts. She designed for me. I pay a super amount of money for personal training and drive an hour plus in Southern California traffic just to get there since I have the accountability of someone telling me what to do, but I just can't consistently make the excitement to stay ignited on my own. Anyways, hope this makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I think the biggest overwhelming theme of all this is that all or nothing mindset, specifically for the workouts and such as well. Um, when do you guys want to take that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think first we have to set some expectations and I love having this talk because um, I, I think all of us have this conversation with at least one person a week. Like, I'm just not feeling motivated. Yeah. I don't feel like doing this stuff. Like, cool. Neither do I. I don't always wake up feeling motivated. Like I didn't wake up motivated to do this podcast. I was like, oh, maybe we can move it. I was like, no, I have to do it. I have to do it. I'm really tired today. I didn't sleep well. Like it's fine. Um, but I think we have to go into health and fitness with the expectation that you're not going to wake up motivated every day. And that's okay. Because if you go in and you think, well, I should, I should wake up motivated every day. The day that you wake up and you're like, fuck that, I'm not doing this today <laughs> is the day that you're giving yourself permission to not do it, to fall off track and to repeat that same cycle. But if you go in and think, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to feel motivated every day. And that's okay because I have these non-negotiables that I'm going to do. And they're reasonably set non-negotiables because setting crazy non-negotiables and crazy expectations is self-sabotage in and of itself. If I set some reasonable expectations for myself and non-negotiables, well, the day I wake up and I'm like, damn, I'm not motivated today. You're like, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyways because it's okay that I'm not motivated. You have to give yourself permission to not be motivated, but also know that the days you're not motivated, you're going to get up and just do it anyways because you have a plan that works for you. You have reasonable set expectations for you. You have an understanding of why you want to do this, and you have some accountability on that you are going to do it. And I, I love all that you just said. I think, I think the only thing that I would add is like, I haven't been motivated at all. Just like Brevin said, like we all, we don't, us fitness coaches, we don't wake up every day. Like, yes, like I can't wait to get to the gym. Like, you know, <laughs> meal prep all my food. Like that's, that's not realistic. Um, like I, I've been in a funk the last like four months. Like I haven't wanted to go to the gym at all, but I also know for myself, like it, how much it helps with my mindset, how much it helps with my work. I know like just me separating myself and going on a three mile walk like I come back and I just perform better in, in my, even just around my kid, around my job, whatever that looks like. And so I think like, it's important. I'm sure she 
probably can relate to this as well, where it's like, I feel so much better after my workouts. I'm having just an issue getting there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, if you know you're going to show up better after that, I hope that's motivation for you. Like, you know, like maybe you show up better for your kids. I don't know her, her situation, but like maybe you show up better for your job, your family, all of those kind of things after you do something. And I think it's just important to, and I know she's struggling right now with the all or nothing mindset. Um, is like, maybe it just starts with going on a five minute walk or a 10 minute walk, you know, in doing something like that. I always tell my clients, like, just walk out of your house five minutes and walk five minutes back. Like, that's it. Start there. Let's just start there right now. Um, I, I really, I think it does come down to expectations. Um, you know, real, be, just being real with yourself, being real with your coach, like reach out to them, be like, Hey, I need you to hold me extra accountable right now. Maybe send me a text to like, Hey, get off the couch soon as I get out of work, right? That text message is like, go to the gym or go on a walk. And then it's like, hey, I'll have my clients even send me a picture of me on a walk. Like, hey, I want yeah. you to send me a picture of you in the gym or on a walk. Like maybe leaning into a community, leaning into your coach a little bit extra during this time. Um, but or if you're not really motivated to go to the, the gym right now, change up your workouts a little bit. Um, maybe throw in a couple exercises where you're like, I love these exercises or I love this work, new workout. Um, just change some things up temporarily. Yeah. And I think also like if, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me was you mentioned about having to drive an hour or so in traffic. Yeah, so I was just about to touch I on. mean, one, like maybe lower the barrier. Like I, I understand if you're working with a trainer at that gym, like that might be a little bit tougher, but like, is there one, maybe a another gym that you could go to that is closer or even like if again just getting back to that something rather than nothing what about a home workout right like again like it's not ideal maybe it's not gonna be the best thing you can do but if you're having a day where you're like i am not driving all the way through that traffic i just don't want to cool do a quick body weight workout or get some bands and do something at home or some dumb like a set of dumbbells at home like something is always going to be better than nothing at all. So try to find something that you can do even on the days you really don't want to. But I think that's a super important point. That was one red flag that really stuck out to me was I have to drive an hour. And I know SoCal traffic is crazy, um, but like, is there a gym closer or is your plan set up for you to actually succeed? Like if you're trying to go to the gym five days a week and mm-hmm. you're like, dude, I just, I can't do that. Like go three days a week, go one day a week, start with something. Like you said, something is better than nothing. Like I, I think this is where I would want to audit what you're doing, yep. how you're doing it. Is it set up for your life to have success? And I, I think it, it, one of the most important things is if you're coming home and then you're changing and then you're trying to go to the gym, that's never going to happen. Yep. You're never, the hardest part is getting to the gym. You have to pack your bag, take it to work with you on the way home from work, go to a gym and then go home. If you go home, you're like, I'm going to sit on the couch for five minutes. <laughs> no, you're never, never, you're never happens. Gonna <laughs> like that right there. When we talk about, like you said, lowering the barrier of entry for success is make winning really easy and losing really hard. Yeah, I heard, I heard a saying one time, um, and I'm, might butcher this a little bit, but it was basically like the heaviest weight of working out is the front door at the gym. Like just like getting in the gym is the hardest part. Once you're there, I think we've all been there. Like I, how many times have we all like on the way to the gym? We're like, Oh, I really don't want to get to the gym. And you talk literally yesterday. Yeah, and and I, I'm sure we've all sat in the parking lot and you're like, oh, I really don't want to go inside right now. Can I just go home? And you're like, no, do that. Get in, put your music in. And just start working out. And like, you know, 
Chris said, like, you're going to feel so much better once you do. Well, yeah, no one's ever done a workout and been like, damn, I wish I didn't do exactly. That. You never sucked. regret it. Yeah. It, when, and I like your point exactly there. Like, dude, I, I work at the gym. So like when I'm training a client, I normally work out afterwards because I'm, I'm working from home before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday I sat up front and I just, I was like, I can't do this mentally. I don't want to do this. Uh, it's just, this is going to suck. Like I'm not feeling this workout at all. And it was like, okay, I'm going to just throw my headphones in and walk back there, go claim a squat rack and then just like, just start warming up. And, and then it, then it'll start to feel better. And then it did. And then I was more excited to work out. I still wasn't like gleaming to work out. Like it, it wasn't my most exciting workout ever. But afterwards, I was like, damn, that felt really good. Like yeah. actually, I actually did a good I, job. I think you guys hit it on the head though. It's, it's especially if she's struggling with that all or nothing mindset, driving an hour to the gym to meet your trainer, she's probably feeling like that's the last thing she wants to do after a full day of work. And it's like, I'm sitting there paying for a trainer that I can't even use right now. I have no motivation to use. That's probably very defeating for her. Um, just being in her situation, just, you know, trying to get inside of what she's thinking and what's inside of her head right now. That's probably what I would be thinking. I've driven to the gym myself and literally drove back home because I like I've I've literally done that before. Like <laughs> gone to the gym and I'm like, nope, not feeling it and drove back home. And, and it's like. I think you have to you have to set yourself up for success and be real, like Brevin was saying. Like, look at your plan, and it's it's like anything, even your nutrition plan. If it's set up for you to like be eating eight hundred calories, and you're a sing, uh, single busy mom, like, is that real? Like, is that realistic for you? Eight hundred calories is not realistic for anyone. But like, you know, is your program actually set up for you to succeed? If your program is telling you need to drive an hour right now in crazy traffic. I mean, I like anything, like I live out in the middle of nowhere and it's like 20 minutes to the gym. <laughs> I get stuck behind a tractor. I get pissed off. Um, so like, I think it's, you know, you just have to, uh, you just have to be real with you, with your program and look at it and be like, all right, I probably need to start doing maybe even, maybe it's like two days out of the week you're doing home workouts and then two days out of the week you're going to the gym or something like that. Yeah. And I think also one other thing is, is make it, we kind of touched a little bit on this, but I always like to bring this up as, bring this up as well is only commit to doing the bare minimum, right? Like say I'm going to go work out today, but I'm only doing one set of one exercise. Now I know that might sound like totally funny and silly, but I bet you when you go in there and you're like, all right, I only have to do one. That's the only thing I have to do today. And you do that one. Well, chances are no one's probably going to just do the one and then leave, right? Like you're you're, you're going to keep doing more. But just knowing that you only have to do one makes it easier to go because then, and, and, and let's say that you do, let's say you do do one and then you actually do stop. Okay. Still look at that as a win for that day. Again, it may not look like it and you may not seem like it is, but lower that barrier to winning and building that momentum. And it's going to make it so much easier. And then again, like we've all said, once you show up and you start working out, you're like, all right, this is good. I like this. And you'll continue start going one mile an hour and then you can build up to going 100 miles an hour don't start going 100 miles or you're gonna crash yes also i would get super pissed sitting in an hour of traffic like there's no way i would make it to the gym <laughs> i i hate i am so impatient when it comes to waiting especially in traffic yep. sometimes i just don't understand traffic like how did how did it happen why is everyone stopping i don't get it yeah. it doesn't make sense to my brain sometimes i hate traffic so much i could never live in socal power to you but at the end of the day, just 
I think the enjoyment factor too, Chris touched on this a little bit, like find something that you just really enjoy doing. Yep. Exactly. Cool. Chris, what is number three? All right, so I had a great question come in from one of our clients. I'm going to leave her anonymous. Um, but talked a little bit about um, things that, you know, food being a trigger for her and a coping mechanism for, um, she mentioned like food addiction, um, emotional eating, stress eating, binge eating. Like, why are we like gravitating towards food? And then like, what are the alternatives to curb that addictive behavior? One of you guys want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to first realize, like, is it an addiction? And I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about this beforehand. And we brought up the fact that, like, I, I do believe there is such thing as a food addiction. I agree. I, I really think there is something. But I don't think that's where a lot of people are actually falling into. I think a lot of people just have a poor relationship with food. And if we could control some of the other things first, it can make it a lot easier because, um, you know, is it something that you are like, could we change up food quality and maybe make it a little bit easier on yourself? Like I, 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 like I would challenge you, like if you say you're addicted to food, let me put a giant pile of chicken breasts and broccoli in front of you. I'm sure you're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat this uncontrollably for the rest of my life. Like, and, and I don't mean this, and I'm not trying to like downplay this at all. Like I understand everyone's frustrations with this. So I want to make sure that it's very clear, but I think it's important to realize like you are probably struggling with those highly palatable foods, the combinations of sugar, carbs, and fats, all those things combined. Yes, it is very easy to overeat those things and get a lot of calories in, but we need to look at like, what is your relationship with those things right now and how can we control them? Is there a certain, um, can we moderate how much of those we're having, the portion sizes? Are we getting in our protein? Are we getting in our water? Are we getting in our fiber? Like all of those things, if we get control of those, I believe this would probably start to work in the right direction. Um, and I, there's definitely a lot more to add to that, but I'll let, you know, Brevin, do you want to take some of that as well? Yeah, no, I, I like what you said there. I, I, I agree with all of that. And I think we have to ask ourselves, like you said, is this an addiction? And, and I think we have to define what addiction means. To me, addiction is – we talked about this off air. I'm going to sell my grandma for meth. Like you have these physical withdrawal symptoms if you don't have it. Um, where, where with food, I, I think you said it perfectly. It's the bad relationship with food. And when we – I think people like to give labels to things mm -hmm. like addiction because it, it almost gives control to the addiction rather than control to you and your relationship with food because it's scary to, to admit that you have a bad relationship with food and so many of us do have a terrible relationship with food like I know you and I have both been there having horrible relationship with food in the past and it definitely takes some time to work through it um, but I think that number one I would always recommend going to therapy yep I think that is an extremely beneficial tool to help work through some of these things. Um, we talk about the inner work stuff all the time, your relationship with food, binge eating, emotional eating, self-sabotage, identity. I think all of these factors are at play here, and I think we have to just start to understand like where you're truly at. Um, awareness precedes change. We have to become extremely self-aware about where we're at, what we're struggling with, what our triggers are, and then we can start to take steps to rectify that. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't change what you don't know is wrong. And I think like what she's possibly searching for, like wait other ways to cope. And I, I don't 
I don't want to even really give you other ways. Like we can sit here and say like, oh yeah, you know, just go on a walk when you're thinking about like the food and, you know, go on, go to the gym or, you know, read a book. What, But like, in my opinion, like those are just masking the actual issue. And that's always going to come back up. Like, let's figure it out. Like Brevin said, let's get down to, you know, the nuts and bolts of it. Like what is actually going on? And that's probably going to take some therapy and some really deep dive into, um, you know, what's triggering these. So I think, you know, I don't really want to dive into like other other mechanisms or other avenues that you can go. Those might be okay. Like maybe just go on a walk, but I wouldn't just avoid it. I think avoiding it is is yeah. the wrong thing to do here. Let's let's face it head on. And I agree with you. And I think like, you know, where people can go wrong with like this this is a food addiction is we think like we just don't have a shutoff switch. Like I can't just, you know, yes. open a a bag of chips and have 10 chips or 12 chips. And it's just like, next thing you know, the whole bag's gone. And it's like, I'm literally addicted to food. And it's like, no, you just, it, it really comes down. Chase, you said it great. Is, is your relationship with those foods. And once again, avoiding it is not the answer where, you know, obviously our, our group being like freedom from fad diets. I feel like a lot of other fad diets out there, they teach you to avoid all of these kind of foods. And there it's like, causing you to mask this issue that you have with with your relationship with food and then what happens like soon as you go back to off of your fad diet or whatever that is so not going down that rabbit hole but um your your relationship with food is everything i don't care if you come in our program and you lose 50 pounds 100 pounds if you do not fix your relationship with foods and and i mean every kind of food pizza chips milk duds smashed a box last night um like all of those things, like <laughs> the irony in that, right? Talking about this. Um, so like you have to take care of that first and foremost. Those are the biggest wins for me. Uh, we shared one yesterday about like, oh, I had a, uh, someone gave me a big thing of ice cream and I only had half of it. Like that is a massive win. That That's bigger than someone coming in and being like, I lost 10 pounds this month, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. And one thing I would also encourage people to do, and this is I'm actually been working with one of my clients right now, is I said, instead of emotionally eating, emotionally journal, right? Like in that moment when you feel like you really, really, really want some food, because, but like you're not hungry, like, right? Like you've already, you've already decided like, I'm not hungry, but I just need some food for comfort. I want you to, instead of emotionally eat, I want you to emotionally journal. I want you to pick up the journal and just start writing. I know you're going to be like, well, I don't know what to write about. Just start writing. Just like, just start writing I don't know why I'm trying to eat right now. I'm not hungry, but I'm trying to figure out right now why I'm eating and just like start going down that rabbit hole and just let your mind untangle itself. And, you know, again, I, I agree with both of you guys. Therapy is going to be the most important thing, but this can start with just some journaling at home to start uncovering and untangling what could actually be going on below the surface. Yeah, and I mean, like Chris said, we can give you guys 10 tips to improve your relationship with food and, and those can be great, but most of the time, like you probably know a lot of these things. It's the execution and the individualized like approach to your life because the way that you perceive something, your relationship with food is going to be different than how the next person perceives their relationship with food and their struggles with that food. You could have the exact same struggles, but your perception is going to be different. So your individual approach to how we're going to rectify that is going to be different, but it, it really does come down to taking a step back realizing that you do have this issue and it's something you need to work on. Um, like Chris said, the very first thing that any of us do with any client is we're not going to pursue fat loss because 
every other diet you've ever done has their only goal has been to lose weight. And, and that's great because every diet gets you into a calorie deficit, either directly or indirectly, but you struggle to maintain your weight loss or actually even lose the weight in general because you never do the inner work first, which is fixing your relationship with food. If you have a good relationship with food, fat loss becomes a symptom. But if you only go after fat loss, you're going to continue to struggle because your relationship with food is going to keep tripping you up. So we have to take this first step, which is really hard when, um, and, and I know this like for my own fitness journey as well, is it's really hard to, to know you want to lose weight more than anything in the world, but to be told like you can't lose weight right now because you have to fix these things. But if you fix these things, you're going to lose the weight and keep it off forever. And that's where having that accountability becomes so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love that. Cool. But anything else, guys, you guys want to add to that one? Before we wrap we this it. one up for today. Cool. Take it one step at a time, one day at a time, and you will eventually get there. This is not an overnight process. This is something that is going to take work and continue. I lied. I do work. have one thing. Um, exactly. I want, give yourself permission. Like, don't go to these parties. Don't go to these, you know, events and be like, you know, I, I need to avoid these things. Like, go in there. And um, I actually had this conversation with a client the other day on a support call. It was like, she was just really struggling with her relationship with food. And I said, you know what I want you to do? Like on Thursday, I want you to wake up and tell yourself, like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to eat half of a donut today and be content with that. Because like in her, where she was at was like, she would wake up and it would be like, oh, I'm going to eat this donut. And then the rest of the day, it's like pizza for lunch, going out and get burgers and fries, ice cream for dessert. And it's just like turns into this free for all. And I was like, like literally wake up and I want you to test yourself, eat a half a donut on Thursday and be like, I'm good with this. And I feel like you need to put your, sometimes yourself in those situations, obviously have accountability while you're doing that. Um, but work through it. Don't, don't just avoid it. Yep, for sure. All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the coaches Roundtable. We will see you guys next week. Please continue to send us your questions. We're always looking for some questions. And I also want to reiterate, I know some, I've had um, people reach out and be like, I've, I know I keep asking you guys questions. Like, Please, like if you're somebody, even if you've submitted like 10 questions to us before, send us 10, 20, 30 more, right? Like we're always open to more questions. So guys, keep them coming. If someone has a question, someone else probably also has the same question. They might just be too afraid to ask. So ask for them, not you. Yes, I love that you brought that up. Great point. So definitely go check out the link down in the show notes there. Submit your question or just DM any of us and we'll be sure to throw it on the show. But we'll talk to you guys next time. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it helpful, I'd love it if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.